Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast Google I.O. special. It is May 28th, 2015. Uh, and yeah, just as you've noticed, I am not Neil I. Patel. Neil I. is in Los Angeles. Dieter is in San Francisco covering Google I.O., and we'll talk about what he's basically reported to us. Uh, but joining me instead, um, as always, is Emily Yoshida. As always. Well, you know, you're here, okay. a lot more. You're here more often than any of us right now. Uh, right now, I am uh, a mainstay. <laughs> you're the, the closest you, thing we have to a regular now. You've got a pretty good streak going here for the first <laughs> cast. That's true. Uh, and also, to my left, uh, Dan Seifer, senior tech editor. Is that right? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, also not Eli Patel. Preeminent Google expert. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just go with that for today. And of course, who has not left a seat for months? Sam Sheffer. <laughs> I'm, I'm Neil Patel. How's it going? Her swagisty. <laughs> Her swagacy. We, we need not to go change that title card and discuss all the ways in which we are the most like and the least like Neelai Patel. Hmm. Um, well, I'm lacking any wristwear, so I cannot be Neelai Patel. <laughs> yeah, we all. Yeah, none of us could ever be Neelai. No, like, we, no. Can, we can just never live up. We cannot. But okay, so today's uh, episode is entirely about Google. Uh, there's one other things that have happened in the news this week. We will talk about that next week when Neelai and Dieter return. Uh, today, though, we're going to talk about Google I.O. The keynote just ended about an hour ago, to give people a frame of reference. Uh, and there was a lot, a lot talked about in two and a half hours, um, which actually was shorter than most. I think they're usually like three hours in the years past. Uh, yeah, you know, it, Google kind of like flip-flops on them. Sometimes yeah. they go super long, has these like bladder buster events. Uh, and then other times they're like, keep it really tight. So this year was kind of in the middle. It was long enough. It was, it was long enough. Let's just say that. And Emily, I'm so sorry. I asked you to try to watch the Google I conference. It's probably the first developer conference. I think you might've seen. Um, no, I mean, what counts as a developer conference? Anytime when someone's coding on stage. (laughs) Oh, well that just seemed like, that just seemed like they were just trying to keep it real. Like, like, (laughs) I mean, I feel like a lot, there are a lot of things that look like that where you've got somebody wearing a Britney mics, like parading across the stage and showing you some new things. Like, you know, we saw, you know, lots of that obviously at CES and like any Apple keynote, something like that. But, um, I thought the coding was a nice touch. It was like, oh yeah. This is a nod back to uh, where it all starts. The codes. <laughs> you, tune into my new podcast, you guys. The codes, <laughs> where I talk all about coding, the thing I know the most about. <laughs> I will say, though, it did feel actually somewhat coding like I remember last year, I think, where they actually did create an entire app on stage from scratch. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I'll say I appreciate that about it. Not so much like how the coding works, but. I appreciated when they were talking about like voice recognition for doing Google searches on like uh, some of the Android Wear stuff or something, and just about you know kind of breaking down how the apps recognize speech and you know spit back an answer for you that's something close to what you wanted. Um, I, I like that instead of just like I feel like the Apple approach is usually like it's magic. Just right. Uh, and I Google I.O. is always interesting because like, it's a conference for programmers. And that's like an entire Moscone Center, like just thousands of programmers who, if you say API or SDK, they will clap and cheer. And, that and, is, and they did. And it's, a lot. it's amazing. When Sundar Pichai came on stage, someone the, said the copy house came and, down. I think someone said copy and paste one time and people just like lost their mind. Right. It was great. Wait, just for the, the act of copy and pasting? They cleaned up the UI for copy and paste. And we'll get to that actually. We'll get to that right now. Uh, <laughs> that's that's they a did key all, bullet point here. Yes. The copy and paste is better. The improved copy and paste <laughs> for Android. That's one of many new features for Android M. This is the next version. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Dan, actually, can you give like the highlights of what happened with Android M? Because this is not like no flagship features. It's a lot of like small improvements, right? Right. So uh, we knew Android M was coming. That was no surprise. Mm-hmm. Google officially said it on stage. So I guess it makes Android M official. Uh, we don't know the version number. We don't know the name of it yet. Probably won't know till this fall when it's actually fully released. So it's a, it's a developer preview right now. Uh, and the best way that I can describe Android M is if you are familiar with Mac uh, OS X, uh, it's like Google Snow Leopard, uh, where they are not really adding a whole ton of new features that you can see and use, but they are going back and making it work better and making it more reliable, uh, fixing things like copy and paste user interfaces uh, and adding uh, some better efficiency and stuff like that. But there's not a whole lot to talk about in terms of like brand spanking new features. Last year, uh, when they announced Lollipop, they completely changed the way Android looked, uh, and it was, it was a whole visual type of thing changed. This is a lot on the back end, uh, which is great because it makes a better experience when you're using the phone. It doesn't crash. Maybe lasts longer on your battery. Uh, isn't as frustrating to use, but it's it's a little harder to get excited about. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't think it's a bad thing, though, because, like, right. and that's the weird thing. Most times we see the conference, we're looking for that flagship p- feature. There's just a lot of good, like, cleaning up shit at this time. And, like, I, yeah. I really am happy for that. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the big things, it it seems like uh, every time Google announces a new version of Android, they say that the battery life is better than the version before it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard them say that since 2009. Uh, uh, But they are making that big bullet point this year with Android M. They've got a new feature called Doze, which uh, apparently manages background processes a lot better. So uh, if your device is sitting still for a while, it will have better standby battery life, which is kind of a a perennial problem with Android, even if you, like, don't touch your phone uh for a day you can like lose half the battery life and there's like no particular reason why uh so hopefully that's fixed and it's kind of something that apple devices and ios have always done really good job with uh just like not dying while they're sitting on a table um so maybe 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 they've figured it out this time around can i zoom out real quick with a maybe dumb question no no no, please please (laughs) okay so uh so when you're it's kind of easy to understand why you have an event like this when you have an uh, a new product or something that you're showing people, which some of this was new products. But when you're doing something like what you're talking about, where it's just like making things work better in a way that's not necessarily something super visual, what's the benefit of being up on stage in front of people who are coders and talking to them about it? Like, why is this, why is this something that's trending on Twitter? You know, uh, it's, I think it's an attention grab. And I think that there's enough interest from the community um, the nerds out there that want to tune into this stuff. And I think Google knows that they can draw attention. And if they do it in the form of event, it's like all of the information is contained in this one ball of an event. And it, I think makes things easier to consume. Uh, that's my take. Yeah. I think in so many ways, it's like, it's the state of the union for Google right. yeah. right. to go over yeah. everything they have. Uh, and it does come down. I think the interest to me is always like how much time they allot each piece. Right. And right. so even though it like on surface level, there's not a lot of like, eye-popping features for android m i mean it is to them like it's not as it doesn't make as much money as search for them but it is like their big piece mm-hmm. yeah like, i mean it's it's the it's a piece of software that touches the most number of people around the world right. more people use android devices than anything else uh and and you know like sam and, and ross just said uh google has to say what they're doing with android uh they're doing it in front of a bunch of developers who can now uh take these new tools and permissions and capabilities and put them into their apps and make their apps work better and stuff like that so that kind of makes sense for their event. Yeah. they can speak to the whole developer community all at once um 
but yeah, as far as like, there's there was no like product announcements at this I/O, and I, and we're gonna I think get to say that, but like, there's no there's no walking away from it being like, oh, there's this new cool phone coming. It's right. just like, yeah, I think I think the 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 shortest answer is they had to say something because they had to say something. <laughs> like it's just tradition right. for them to do the keynote, and what? like if they don't devote time to Android M, that's the weirder part. What about the VR stuff though? Isn't that new the jump thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one part that I um. Yeah, let's actually let's just go ahead. Let's go ahead and just jump to VR because actually yeah. that was the most exciting. Yeah, thing Yeah, that me. seemed like genuinely new stuff. Right. Yeah, VR is like the like the, the VR part of it was I feel like the most future looking thing uh, as far as like I oh there's some other things that are coming soon but like uh, so just to go over what they did they announced this new platform called Jump that supposedly makes it easier for you to build VR videos. They also announced a new version of Google Cardboard that works with bigger phones like the Nexus 6 and works with the iPhone. So uh, there's VR accessible to more people, and they have this new platform to make VR videos that will go right. into let's, Cardboard. Let's, let's start there. I, like, I want to talk about both. I actually want to start with Cardboard. And Cardboard came out last year, right? This time yeah, last year? I believe so, yeah. Uh, which is, I, I am so excited about this because to contrast with another story, like, the Oculus Rift guys are like saying, if you want a full Oculus Rift experience, that could cost oh, right. over $1,500. Yeah. <laughs> this is cardboard in a phone you already have. It costs yeah. $15. Yeah, basically. It's it's pretty much the anti-Oculus. It's the anti-Oculus, but it actually works surprisingly well. I mean, it's nowhere near the Oculus so level experience. I, I think it's a completely different take on virtual reality than what yes. Oculus is, is doing. Oculus is doing this super immersive, really mm-hmm. in-depth thing that, that wants to pull you into it and take you away from the world that you're in uh, and keep you there for quite a while, right? To make its value worthwhile. Google, uh, cardboard is like snackable VR. Like right. you, you hold right. it up, yes. you hold it up until your arms get tired, which is like two minutes, right. and then you move on with two the rest minutes. of your life. Have you ever held your arms up like yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why they don't include the strap with those with cardboard. Yeah, so is it is yeah, it right, meant no is strap. it purposely designed so you sort of go in and go out I, I rather really than like so. strap in? I, I don't I don't, yeah, I don't think, I think any so. of the content is deep enough to justify right. strapping in. Like, like they're all very people, brief experiences. Yeah, I mean it's like kind of a more immersive version of looking at a photo taken in panorama mode on your right. phone basically yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but this you can actually see it up close now and yeah and like you can do some augmented reality stuff with it so that like it can overlay on your actual field of view and stuff like that but none of it is like uh, like there's some real basic games but there's no uh whatever like real in-depth game there's hmm. no portal for this no but i mean like it is it's in such a weird way it's a gateway drug for virtual reality totally sure. because it's like and I know this is dumb because, like, I was just – it just came out for iPhone today. And so we were playing with it upstairs mm-hmm. before we started. Um, and I don't know. Like, I got giddy, like, the first time I played Oculus Rift because I didn't have to have anything special for it. It was literally just my phone and a piece mm-hmm. of cardboard. Yeah, you still make the stupid VR face when you wear it. Like, you, you just can't avoid it. Yeah, like, is that just, like, an overbite type thing? Oh, no, it's the wonder and awe. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the wonder and awe, or another way to look at it, it's, like, the mouth open because you forgot to close it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a little, little tiny bit of drool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so and if you get if to the, the iPhone users who've never used the Android Carver experience, download it, give it a shot. There's uh what is it? You can look at three D models of like statues. Yeah. You can look at Street View. Right. Um so if you just want to like look at a Paris a Parisian road, you can just do that. You can just play mist in like any place in the you world. You really should put mist on this immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That would be the exciting thing. 
but yeah, so it's like super cheap, and now it's a multi-platform. It's the other big phone platform. So I think, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing things that are snack size, but also bigger. Yeah, well, Google seems to have bigger ambitions for it. They, they talked a lot about how they want to incorporate it into educational programs so that uh, kids can go to school and go right. on these virtual field trips without ever leaving the school. Uh, which I don't know if you ask. That sounds really cool, but I remember being a kid and like field trip day was like the best day of the year. So like, I don't know. That's I a, guess it's cool if you get to travel across. Is the it world. more? Does it cost more or less to get cardboard for a bunch of kids or to take them to the zoo? Well, if the zoo <laughs> is in like Cairo, Egypt, and they're in like <laughs> sure. Iowa, then yeah, That's it's true. probably cheaper to just give them smartphones and cardboard. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, I don't. I get excited. I, I. I think the the internal chat in the chat room was a little divided in this one. I am super excited for that because, like, I know for example, my mom's a teacher, and like a lot of her students like have never left the countryside, of like just like a South Georgia like little city. Like they've never even seen Atlanta, which is like the big metropolitan area, like twenty miles away. <laughs> so I. I would love to see them like do. It's not obviously like the same as actually going to a city, but like. They can actually kind of like slightly immerse themselves into something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I mean, it would be really cool to have an educational experience where you are walking along the Great Wall of China or something like that. Like, like something that never you could have done in a feasible way with a group of elementary schools. Mm-hmm. Do you think that takes away the curiosity then from some people? Like, I have no idea what it. Like, I actually. Speaking personally, I have no idea what it feels like to walk on the Great Wall of China, which it's not my uh, he's not even my top 20 list of things that I want to do. But it, I'm curious about it. Like, I'm curious about what it looks like. Do, do you think that something like this, it's sort of like an intermediate step in between not, not having any idea and have and having been there? Is that does that change how curious kids are then? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Yeah, I'm taking this conversation I'm gonna, there. Then. I'm going <laughs> to take the optimistic route on this. Okay. And I'm going to say this is better than turning the lights off and putting in the VHS documentary of the Great Wall of China and watching it for an hour. Uh, you're you're going to involve the kids more. They're going to have more excitement mm-hmm. about doing it. Maybe learn a little bit more. Maybe have a better idea of what the experience is actually like. And then the kids that have the ability and the uh, fortunate circumstances to go to China and walk on the Great Wall are still going to go do that. But that mm-hmm. is also like the, there is that fear just to take the other approach is like, well, this is good enough. Like, I don't need to go to the Great Wall of China anymore because I just had the virtual reality goggles. But, but I think the, the the reality is that most people aren't going to go to the Great Wall of China for, like, whatever reason. Right. right. Economic just, circumstances, you know, time, et cetera. It's on the other side of the world. It's not they don't interested. Fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I tried it before I bought it. Not so. into wonder. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I, I, I could definitely see, like the the ed, the educational aspect of this, and also like I'm I'm wondering what what kinds of experiences will be considered obsolete after something like this, like something where oh I genuinely didn't need to go mm-hmm. travel for this. There's nothing added from the physical experience of being there. I hope it makes CES obsolete. See, yeah, no, something like that, though. I mean, we have live streams of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you didn't have to walk all over the place, if you could just have your live stream and, like, maybe you could, you could like, oh, no, this is, this is what's going to be fun, when you can, like, rent somebody who will walk the floors for you and have the live stream of what they see. <laughs> rent somebody. Man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Suddenly right. we got yeah. into human trafficking. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try for a segue. Are you guys ready for the segue? Yes. You know what that guy's going to be wearing? Wearing that new Google Jump rig. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So this is a, well. This is the other thing. The other now. So God, that was actually a really bad segue. I don't know why it's I hyped right. that no, up. No, but that's really... exactly what I was thinking though. So yeah. No, thank you for the setup. I just did not take it there. Anyway, let's. Uh, so here's the other part of the Google virtual reality announcement. Uh, it's Jump. It's plans that you can download yourselves and make your own virtual reality camera rig, which may involve 16 cameras of various quality. GoPro released their own kind of custom model for this. It is a spaceship. Mm-hmm. It is a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, and it just it's, goes it's, around your it's, head. It's 16 like cameras in yeah, a circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I guess you'd wear it like a crown. Uh, and <laughs> and you, you got 16 GoPros, and they are constantly recording. And then the Jump platform, uh, what that does is takes the footage from those puts it all together with uh, uh, stitches them together and stuff like that. So you don't see like the different cuts from each camera and then puts it in a format that you can use with cardboard or whatever other VR system you want to use. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. I, I think that's like more the future thing. I mean like, cause how much is that going to cost? Like it, it, maybe it's cool for, for, oh God, I'm going to say this word, aren't I? Content creators. Um, <laughs> Uh, to make great content. Uh, What's that? Because, <laughs> like, you got to figure you invest, I don't know, a GoPro is like 400 bucks, so like 16 times 400. You get a GoPro for like 130. I only know that because I just looked it up. But not, <laughs> so, not, but, not a so, great so, GoPro. So, that's like, so maybe, uh, you know, a $2,000 rig is like, you know, not too bad, I guess. Well, that's this seems like the cheap. first real uh, effort to do, like, do the Neuromancer thing where uh, you can. Like I'm talking about renting people. I'm all about <laughs> renting people here. But like, uh, you know, how people would have shows kind of from their point of view that you could tap into. So it's yeah. like I'm going to go live in this person's body, like at least or at least through their eyes for a while, which seems like it has all sorts of fun connotations. Um, but this seems like the first like as opposed to just like having a live stream of somebody with like a single GoPro strapped to their head, like suddenly being able to have the whole experience or being able to live stream that seems like it opens up a whole world of entertainment possibilities. A brand new, just a <laughs> brand new reality genre. Yeah. It's, it's, a brand, yeah. it's a brand new way to record. That's porn. all that I can it's think really about is. is all the reality shows <laughs> that are going to come out of this. The weird, the, where my head went, and I don't know why it was the presidential state of the union. Like at what point do we get like a future president to wear like, or like have around them a rig where you can experience what it's like to speak in front of an audience like that. Well, like you should have that rig just for when they're doing their normal boring job. Oh yeah. Just- <laughs> like total transparency. Uh, no, that would be amazing. The only, okay. The only thing that would make it maybe not a good reality show. I just thought of this is that you're, if, if the, if the main character, the protagonist is the person wearing it, like they won't be able to get into that many awesome clubs and exclusive night <laughs> spots wearing this like carousel around their head. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, it would be kind of cool. Um, I think the so. first celebrity moment we'll see is like someone at the Oscars will be wearing it. And it's like, look, I'm going down the red carpet. Yeah, and you it's going to be all Ryan, around it's me. It's going to be Ryan Seacrest is going to be involved in it. Oh, my God. For well, sure. who is the first celebrity, do you think, to be like on camera using a selfie stick? Because this, this is just the next mm. level oh, of God. that. It's not Seacrest. Uh, Carson Daly? Hmm. No. Do you imagine just like a bunch of people in Times Square bumping into each other with these giant 16 camera rigs on their heads? Oh, my God. They need to like look bumper protection on them. <laughs> Oh my god! No, it'll be like it'll be what's her face from uh, from Red Carpet from E. Um, Katie Kirk. No. <laughs> um, hold, hold on a second, Sam. Do you think Katie Kirk looks uh, for E? I mean, I if that's know. true, then something uh, just came to my mind and I said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know where Katie Kirk works now? Oh my gosh, she would actually do this. She's at Yahoo. Yeah, of course she would do this then. 
<laughs> oh God, Sam, you were right. My apologies. <laughs> we we were wrong to ever doubt you, Sam. <laughs> e Yahoo. Um. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry I took it straight to reality TV, but that's immediately where I go when it comes to, like, first-person broadcasting of your experiences. I mean, I think the the first things we're going to see are people jumping out of planes with it, right? And people, like, oh, yeah. you know, climbing a mountain with it and all this other stuff. That, right. Like, In the same way that, like, the first films were of, like, a train is coming at you. Like, what's the most extreme thing you can think of? <laughs> and then we started to do things about feelings. So it'll it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual reality with feelings. When yeah. when will the feelings come to VR? Oh, that's when it'll truly have arrived as an art form. The VR like feels. once 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 you're going through an emotional storyline through somebody else's point of view, that's that's when it'll have really clicked. I'm I'm being totally serious. Like oh, yeah. that'll and be amazing. I feel like we we started to see a little bit of that. What was the um uh, into the wild i think we saw at some mm-hmm. festival recently and like, yeah that was a stab at it for sure i mean right. it was definitely interesting that that's what they decided to do was do something around that movie uh as opposed to any other you know blockbuster action thing that fox would be putting out that year um but yeah uh i think it's still it uh, it gets a little bit lost in translation i think when you start having something that's less composed uh, when you start actually having the equivalent of somebody showing you like doing video blogging, 360 video blogging, then, you know, there's less, I think if it's a little less calculated or something, or people are just, and you know, I'm not going to be one of the people doing this. I'm not going to be broadcasting <laughs> my experience, but the people no. who are, you know, will be opening themselves up in that way. Yeah. Um, what up? Uh, actually, I think this is a good time. We're gonna take a. We gotta do the uh, the quick little mid roll thing. We gotta do make it. some money. Pay the bills. Yeah. Make some money. Actually, so the first sponsor. This is actually like I'm legitimately kind of excited about this one. So it's Dashlane.com, uh, Dashlane.com/slash/vergecast. If you guys want to try it, uh, and what it is, it's a password manager. And there's a lot of password managers out there. I've never seen, I've never gotten myself to use one, but I really really need to. Um, and what Dashlane does. Um, You'll never forget another password. Uh, it's basically a service where you can like store everything on, and then when you need to like recall a password, it's all in one place. It's like the one password system too. Um, and the reason I need to do this is because all my passwords really, really suck. I have taken to try to memorize every single one, and I know that is like the not safe way to do it. But that's why you have a service like this. So, oh, making money. Ching. <laughs> 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 Yep, and <laughs> and thankfully that's what Dashlane does to help. So uh, I'm actually legitimately going to try this. If you guys want to do it too, uh, Dashlane will give you 30% off for being a Vergecast listener. Going to Dashlane.com, that is D-A-S-H-L-A-N-E.com, I'm a great speller, slash Vergecast. Uh, and if you guys do it, the other bonus is it makes us look really good and we can get paid more and we can do more of these Vergecasts. So Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for giving our sponsors a shot. And now back to the show. Uh, cool. So that uh, so that's the virtuality stuff. Um, really was like the most interesting part of the show. I think it was. It's the most interesting like future looking thing. But I think there's some stuff that's interesting that uh, you can like use today that we haven't talked about yet. And that's the new photo stuff, which is pretty sweet. Oh yeah, Google Photos, which. The only thing I heard when they said that was unlimited storage for all your photos. Yeah, pretty much that's, like, all you need to know. So, like, uh, Google is 
essentially had uh, a photo service that was kind of pretty closely tied into Google Plus, and now it is launching a standalone photo service that's broken out of it, and it's available for Android and iPhone, uh, and it lets you back up an unlimited number of photos and videos uh, for free. Uh, and the photos are limited to 16 megapixels, which covers pretty much every smartphone and a heck of a lot of better cameras. Uh, and the uh, video is up to 1080p that you can uh, store for free. Back Isn't it up. It's cool everywhere. when Google lets us just put as much information as we want <laughs> on their servers, like all of it. We can give them everything that we that, that we possibly make or or write or um, run on our credit cards. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that's so cynical, but then my next thought was there is an algorithm for facial detection where they know yeah, who is so in there, every yeah, picture. Yeah, there's some definitely like some creepy yeah. stuff. They showed off this algorithm that can like uh, uh, def- uh, identify a person and then identify them like all the way back through their entire life. So like if you've got if you've got kids and you've got like so hundreds of photos of your kids from the like day they were born up until they're like whatever they are now, say they're six or seven, uh Google can figure out them in all the photos. I have to ask, is, is this something you are personally experiencing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it yet. So uh I can't say for sure. But like as a dad, it is pretty cool to be able to be like uh, look at my kid now. <laughs> look at my kid three years ago. That's not what look I thought at you were going to say. Uh, when I, they were born. I thought you were going to say, like, which one is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the other side. That's yeah, other. Which, which one is that? Oh, Google knows. Yeah. There we go. I've just offloaded my brain to Google. Can so. you help me tag my children? <laughs> All babies look alike. Oh, they man. They kind of do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. an exaggeration. But you know, it's it's like everybody's trying to figure out this Google back or this picture backup service. Like uh, Flickr gives you a whole terabyte, which is pretty much unlimited to a lot of people. Uh, OneDrive gives you a terabyte, I think. Uh, Apple gives you like um, I don't know, twelve megabytes or something. And, and nice and, burn. <laughs> and Dropbox gives you like a hundred megabytes or or whatever it is. Uh, but because people are constantly taking all these photos and videos, uh, their phones are getting filled up. And they need a place to put them, and people don't really like to pay for stuff. So, no, I'm still surprised at like how much, for example, like Apple charges for their iCloud service. Yeah, yeah, I pay a uh, dollar a month for 20 gigabytes for iCloud, but that covers like photos and like all the backup of my iOS should devices. Be, should so be a dollar like a month for, for like 100 gigs. Yeah, it should be dollar. I mean, it. I mean, yes, I, it should. E- cost economics, anything, according but... to Sam Sheffer. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's so many competitors offering cheaper prices and apple has what 150 billion in cash alone like but it's cool they also have completely internal integration i think it's like they have ios integrated into cloud so that is the most seamless experience accordingly right but i do agree i like i as soon as i get like as soon as we get off this cast i'm going to just download the google photos app and get everything off my phone and onto the service yeah i know it's an invasion of privacy i know my entire life is about to be uploaded into their servers so, in a different way i mean yeah it's totally like you know you're handing over more data to google but if you're a gmail user already if you have a google account already you're already giving google a lot of data like oh, yeah like i mean in order to use google photos you have to have a google account so you've already got a gmail address that's already you know seeing what you search and where you go and what you do on the internet if you use google maps to any extent uh you know it knows where you're going and where you've been so like i think that it is a certainly a concern for a a number of people i think that the broader mass of people don't care 
Uh, yeah, and for, I, whether that's a good thing or not, that's up for debate. But like, I think you know, uh, people have kind of come to accept that you know that's the trade off that you make when you're not paying for something. I just I I understand the concern about you know Google having all of our data, but what does it really matter? Does it really matter? I mean, spoken like a true snake person. Like, <laughs> we're all gonna we're all gonna be dead, right? Everyone uses Gmail. I mean, oh, I don't care if any. I don't. I have. Yeah, I don't. No, care it's just like I saw so many people on Twitter that were like, "Oh, invasion of privacy or creepy looking at your kids kind of stuff." Like, who cares? Either don't use it, like, just don't use it then if it creeps you out. I I don't know. There's this, like, weird backlash of, like, oh, Google knows everything about you. Apple knows everything about you. Yeah, you choose to use the services. That's, like, what, yeah. You know know what I think is more scary than all that information being at Google's disposal is exactly this. How little I find myself caring about it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And how little most, like, most people I know actually fundamental. Like, you care about it in terms of principle, but... But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, I uploaded these photos to Google and they made a cool GIF of like my kid running around. And now that's really awesome. And I smiled. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that could not have said it better. Um, No, it's like, yeah, I was like, I, on principle, I want to be private. And when I was private at the same time, I'm not taking pictures of anything worth a damn to me. It's like, (laughs) uh, Google can know I drink. Well, yeah, like, was, every, everyone else like... knows Ross. Yeah, like everyone drinks, everyone <laughs> parties, everyone, you know, like well, it's, uh, I, don't know. I, I don't even think it's that. Like I, I don't know. It's like no matter what I would have have, I guess unless I was in a very high risk position. I guess if I was a celebrity or if I was a political person, I uh, would maybe have more to lose by this stuff getting out there, but like, I don't know. I mean, unless I'm totally mistaken and there are a bunch of people who are really jockeying for the position of Verge Entertainment Editor and they will stop at nothing to hack into my <laughs> cloud account and get anything out of there that's vaguely incriminating. But I mean, I don't know. I Even if there was something bad on there, I just don't know what the upshot would be for anybody to care about it. I really hope you didn't just challenge the entire audience. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I, I had to. I had to make it interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I do want to talk about. I just. Sorry. I was just reading through this. I want to switch gears real quick and talk about Google now on tap. Yes. Yeah. Because people are getting ex- like super excited about this. It's and, pretty wild. Yeah. So Dan, like, explain exactly what's going on here because it's, like, it's Google now everywhere and then some. Yeah, that's kind of like the best way to put it. You can like just put your finger on your screen. Google will look at your screen and whatever's on there in terms of like words and pictures and then give you information about them. So it's kind of like if you're familiar with Amazon's x-ray service when you're watching a video on Prime Video, you can pause it and it'll tell you what actors are in the scene and stuff like that. This is now on your phone and it works with everything. So if you are... uh, uh, they gave a couple examples on stage of like someone said, let's go see Tomorrowland tonight or something like that. Uh, and you push the button and then it recognizes that Tomorrowland is on your screen. And then it tells you the IMDb card and tells you the Rotten Tomatoes rating, which I don't think is very high. And probably giving you theater theater like, time yeah. stuff like that. Like all the stuff that's relevant to like Tomorrowland being a movie. Top think pieces. Yeah. Top, top, <laughs> top Tomorrowland <laughs> think pieces. Mm-hmm. That mentioned George Clooney. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's 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 like a quicker way. Like right now, if you use an Android phone, you get to Google Now by swiping up from the bottom, or you use that widget on the home screen, and you have to type in something, or you have to hit the microphone and tell it something. Uh, it's kind of like a passive thing. This is, seems to be a little more active, a little less work on your end to uh, help Google know more all about you. Okay. <laughs> no, it looks pretty cool. It's it, no, it seems pretty neat and, and handy. That seems way more seem like that seems like something where that conversion from like I want to know what something is to I will use this service to have it tell me what it is. That seems like way more seamless than like how the amount of times I actually like do a voice search or something or ask like for me it's Siri. I don't have like I don't have, I don't do the Google Now thing, but like it's very very it's not that frequent. But if I was able to just like take out the part where you need to type something or say something, then it's like, yes, I'm going to get really, really lazy. Um, it's also like, it's a great, like a great selling point to do Android versus iOS because like, and Google is notoriously good about like taking all their apps and services and making it work across right. every platform. Like Google Photos. Yeah, like Google Photos. That's like a great example. Every app I use on my iPhone is Google. Yeah. Um, but I like, this is a compelling thing. You want to have Android because across the board, we can now just tell you what you actually need to know, no matter what you're looking at. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, if it works in practice as good as it does in their demo, and if it's as useful in real world. It's very very cool. I feel like it's one of those things that is going to take time to learn your you know routines and Possibly. methods of living. Possibly, and- but like the thing is, it's. I think what's cool about it and what's like kind of breakthrough about it is that it's, it doesn't really need to know much about you. It just needs to know what's on your screen. Right. right. And then uh, it uses all the data that Google already has. It's leveraging that they're, they, they call their knowledge graph or whatever to figure things out. Like it knows that instead of Tomorrowland being a word, that word means it, it means something that it's a movie. And there's so this, this is this is like a layer deeper around. than Google now, basically, is Google now on steroids. Yeah. Yes, so next next level so of next Google level now. of Google now. Next, next level. And it's going to know an embarrassing amount about how much I need to look up. Like it's like I'm, my my Google search history is so embarrassing. I don't know how many times that I've looked up how old Jared Leto is, but it's definitely a lot. Oh no! <laughs> my problem is like if you look at my Google search history, it is define and then word, and <laughs> that list of words is probably like the easiest thing for anybody in the world except me. And I'll look at something and go, I don't know what that means. I, 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 I have also, this habit where I just constantly look up the ages of actors as I watch something. I'm like, oh, how old? And then I play this game with my wife, and I'm like, well, how old do you think they are? And then she guesses, and I'm like, da, 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 and I look it up, and I'm like, ah, oh, you're right. Or, you're obsessed oh, you're with aging. It's crazy. I'm such an ageist. I'm such an ageist. Is it, does this come up great. especially when you're watching like, like school-related shows? Like If I'm watching like Pitch Perfect or a high school musical, I'm like, they're nowhere near high school. Yeah. I got to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's sort of like, I mean... I guess there are a lot of things that Google does where it like guesses the information you need to know. Like if you open up maps and like you're trying to go to somebody's house or some restaurant that you always go to or something and it remembers that and has right. that there, like it takes out that step. Also just recently, right. it was like this week, Google has now updated the mobile search to literally complete the, give you the answer before you finish typing. Right. Like for example, you could type in how old is, and it, the, one of the first results is Michael Jordan. And like when I did it, I typed in like M I and it already gave me the answer for how old is Michael Jordan. That's crazy. That doesn't sound like it works though. <laughs> if you were going to say, well, how old it's, 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 it's before he hits enter and does a search. Like it yeah. already displays it's, the it's, answer it's before he's done you typing. answers. Oh, right. Yeah. Based on like each, each letter you it's type. All like, it's will... like, I'm gonna let you finish, but I think, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 I already yeah. know what you want. Yeah. Which, crazy. which, yeah, it's impressive. 
I to me, I, I'll look at them like, oh God, I am that predictable. <laughs> it's like kind of depressing. well. Also, it's not it's not just you, Ross. It's billions of other people that are searching similar queries, and they're able to like construct all of that data and guess. Like, yes, Ross, you are like these eight hundred thousand other people that search this today. Yeah, that's not okay. Really, what it's saying <laughs> is how, how we're all the same. This and that is our show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think that something like Ex Machina is possible where you can... Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen Ex Machina yet. I haven't yet. seen it. Oh, never. Well... No, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I mean, she's made from from basically the equivalent of Google's data. Yes. Collected data. Yeah. Can we make an AI from absolutely? From all this stuff? I, I would. Yeah. It wouldn't. It would not phase me if that exists already in like some sort of weird Watson form. Google's mm. got to be. Google has to. Have, they own uh, what robotic? What's the? They own DARPA right now. No, Google. No, doesn't they do not own not not yet. DARPA. <laughs> doesn't they, Google uh, you're, own you're a robotics of, uh, company? Boston Robotics. Boston Dynamics. Boston Dynamics. Whatever it is, they own a robotics company. I, I right. would I would be willing to bet they're working on some they, sort and, of and AI. Google uh, Google's ATAP program, uh, which actually uh, ATAP has a keynote tomorrow, and I think we're going to hear a lot more about yes. what they're working on. But uh, uh, they have uh, ex DARPA people there. Yeah. So sorry, sorry for the robotics company confusion, but Emily, to your point, I, yes, I am fully with you on that. I have another question about robotics while we're wildly on topic. Um, (laughs) uh, Do you think, well, no, no, it's not a, it's not a, do you think question? How come, so like, remember like smarter child, all those sort of like rudimentary, like AI things where you could type things and they would feedback. Bots. Bots. (laughs) Um and, and like Eliza, Eliza I used to spend a ton oh, of time. Oh yes, on. yes, um, yeah. <laughs> Who's Eliza? It was a shrink. You could tell her what was r- wrong with you, and she would. There's like a, a bot. Yeah. So oh, so so it's like so now we have Slack bot. Tell her things. Interesting. Now we Slack bot. Oh yeah. yeah, but does Slack bot talk back to you? Yes. Yeah. I said yeah. Slack bot. Yeah, absolutely. I said I Slack bot. Remind me to get lunch today, and it said, "Okay, I'll remind you in 30 minutes." And I said, "Thanks," and it's like. You're but, welcome. But hey, you're, yeah, I'm dead serious. But you're but you're asking it to I do something. I also stole this idea from another journalist. Like I think it was really exciting for a while. Like when just that base capability to have a back and forth conversation with a with a fake bot thing mm-hmm. was very exciting. Like the mid '90s or whatever, like early you know '80s even. Like and. We haven't seen many of those for a long time, but I have to imagine that they're much better now, right? <laughs> like really, really good. Like just the talk back aspect of it. Why are we not getting those right now just to play around with? Like how come there's not some super version of Eliza that I can play right now? I feel like there must Clever be Clever like... Bot? Clever Bot was like was that like wait, was that the same thing as Smarter Child basically, or was that the quiz one? Clever Bot is a is a clever bot speak to an ai with some i don't know whatever google says i mean here. really what you're asking for is is her right like yeah yeah like a not it doesn't need to have a body just like a a chat app chat app in your phone yeah well will keep me from being lonely what if i were to tell you <laughs> true story what if i tell you that one of our freelancers on the site that works remotely isn't actually human and is just a sentient journalism just, just a news. That would blogger. be amazing. That <laughs> would a, be it's amazing. It's an AP bot. I mean, we have AP bots that, that write articles. That's true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to take a quick break and do ads. And when we come back, I will tell you who that writer is. More Google. So the next sponsor, and again, of course, thank you so much for sponsoring us. And, you know, we love all our sponsors. The next one is NewsCred. That is N-E-W-S-C-R-E-D dot com slash Verge. 
Um, and the struggle I had for that means I would never do the spelling bee that happened today. Um, okay, so what news credit is? So here's the, here's the big gist. Uh, 64% of marketers say that producing enough content is their biggest challenge. Um, we produce content all the time, but we're journalists. We can't really cross that line. However, if you are a marketer and you're trying to make really compelling content, I think it's a great idea to do. I think it's fun. Um, this is where NewsCred comes in to kind of help out with that. Uh, through NewsCred, you can license content from over 5,000 leading publishers, Forbes, New York Times, Men's Fitness, uh, and you can create custom original articles, infographics, photos, videos, and more. Uh, NewsCred is the kind of thing that will help you maintain relationships with hundreds of journalists, photographers, and partners. Uh, they have software that helps you manage your calendars, your workflows, uh, integrate with Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, every other social network that's going to exist now and forever. Um, and any other thing, you need to simplify, scale, and run a business and get your name out there. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically it. And if you are a marketer listening to this and you want to take a look at it and you also want to support the show, which, of course, we would love you to do, uh, check it out at newscred.com slash verge. That is N-E-W-S-C-R-E-D dot com slash verge. Back cool. to Google. Back to Google. Thank you. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> so there, like, we've hit 90% of what's been announced in that two-and-a-half-hour conference. Google Maps offline, huge. And that's our next one. Thank you for the uh, you beautiful know, transition, it's, Sam. It's, it's cool. Good. It's good. good it's, it's awesome. There turn is, by turn directions on airplane mode? Hell yes. Yeah, there's there's some janky offloading stuff now. That yeah, you so you use. have to like download the map. It's, it's I remember super we annoying. did this at CES. You could like download the convention center, right? Like yeah. on your phone, and it was kind of jank. But how are they doing this? Wait, isn't uh, it just, just like keeping it in your cache? Yeah, there, I mean, just, I'm pretty sure. That seems sure like a no brainer. Yeah. That seems like it's, something it's, you should just be like, already able to turn on. Exactly. It's one apps. of those things that they, why didn't they do this five years ago? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it, uh, so Nokia has here maps. You can download like all of New York State and like have that cached and all that stuff. So right. this is kind of like a, a, a thing to uh, um, compete against that. But it's funny that Google's pitching it for developing countries for people who have to like care about how much mm. data they use. I mean, it's funny. It's, it's also like super important. And I think I'm glad they're doing that, but there is that weird sense of like, they're getting something really cool and we want it now. <laughs> like, why is this trickling the other direction? Forgive me if I'm mistaken, but doesn't your phone when you're doing GPS use global positioning system, AKA a satellite, and you still can do this on airplane mode. I'm pretty sure that you can like turn on at least iPhone onto airplane mode and Google maps or Apple maps still works to some degree. I had some funky experiences with that when I was in France where I thought I was on airplane mode cause I wanted to save my, my wireless or my data there. And then I was like trying to like, I, I, had uh, the map of where I was going cached on the phone already, and then I would close my phone. I'd open it to check to see, like, if this. I was just checking to see if the street that I was going by was the one that was where I needed to be, not expecting to have a GPS dot there. But then it was there, and I was totally in offline mode. So if like, you if you have your Wi-Fi on, it can also triangulate you, even if you're not connected to a Wi-Fi network. But if you're on so, airplane mode, in, in theory, if you're in airplane, if you're on airplane mode with Wi-Fi that. on, then it can ping wi-fi connections around you and triangulate you and hmm. can it use uh, i don't know does I, any... i'm not sure if it okay. can turn on the gps radio okay honestly okay but it's case in point google maps offline can find you cool yes <laughs> um is this is this an android find, no. is it an android only thing i, I didn't, uh they positioned this for like android yeah. on developing countries okay. um there is that janky offline mode in 
Apple's, right. Okay. Uh, the iOS so, so probably like maps, we probably won't be able to like download this on iPhone and like use Maps offline the way they advertised it. Well, not right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I think we just don't know enough about it. Okay. You know what's yeah, it's awesome really is PDFs of maps. <laughs> <laughs> I use that a lot for the subway. Printouts of yeah. MapQuest. No, like, no, I don't print it out. I just put it on my phone. I put it in books. No, my documents. I'm seriously on board with this. Like, whenever, yeah. like, if I travel, like, out of the country, like, I'm not going to have my SIM card, the new SIM card when I get there. I'm not going to, like, internet set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will just screen cap, sorry, screen cap every single Google Maps thing I need before the plane takes totally, off. Totally, yeah. And then that's how I get to where I need to go, or at least to the first Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah, <laughs> just gets you to water, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. All right, so we got to talk about two other things yes. from Google. And okay. these are kind of like, I'm calling this, like, this feels like this is, like, the do-over section of I.O. for Google. Uh, and the first one was a new smart home thing called uh, Project Brillo, uh, which like is what you scrub your dishes with ever. Like literally, yeah. what you scrub your dishes yeah. with. Also, uh, someone tweeted that it means uh, it means something in some language. I think it means like Brillo. tipsy in in. It means brilliant. Well, uh, I mean, uh, verge means something in some language too. Well, uh, that yes. language would be French. <laughs> And it would be market penetrator. Don't <laughs> question it. Wow. Nicely done. Uh, but essentially, so uh, like I think it was like 2011 or 2012, the Google announced Android at home, which was supposed to be like this Internet of Things, connect your home device mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and nothing's really happened with it. Uh, they bought Nest and like they hadn't really done anything with Nest. So I guess uh, Project Brillo is like their restart of getting into the Internet of Things world, which... Um, it's kind of like a mess right now, uh, and Google is definitely not the first company to enter it. Uh, uh, Samsung has been in it. Intel's got a lot of investment in it, but like, there's all these like disparate systems. It's all confusing as heck, and it's like people like my job to explain it, and I don't really even get it. And for, like, I don't. I get exasperated by it. For the like, for the listeners here that heard you say Internet of Things and have no idea what it is, summarize it in one sentence. Uh, and also, please note that when he was saying that, it was the most amazing little dance in a chair <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, the Internet of Things is a terrible marketing catch-all phrase to describe all of the things in your house, all the appliances in your house that are now internet connected. So you have uh, a smart lights, that talks uh, a to washing your... machine that connects to your Wi-Fi and gives you a message when it's done, uh, a slow cooker with Wi-Fi for whatever reason. It's most of it is is really dumb stuff that doesn't need to be connected to the internet, but because it's an early on thing and like uh, people are ma- manufacturers are eager to jump on the craze and all this stuff and everybody thinks the future is making your appliances talk to the internet that you can get anything you want you get you can get a wi-fi connected blender i don't know why you'd want this it does exist and i, I think it's i think people like, like i grew up watching the jetsons and that seemed really cool that everything was kind of automated or like, right. i just have one device that would like do everything for me um and yeah so like the the bigger picture of this before we get back to what brillo and weave are is like every company out there wants to own the house because if you own the house that platform that is a big step. It's a big market, and you can really basically say what appliances you are and are not going to buy and profit from. Apple's got HomeKit. Apple's got HomeKit, which has, which I mean, at this point, Apple's done equally nothing, nothing. with yes. HomeKit done as, nothing as with Android HomeKit. did yeah. with Android at Home. Uh, so, so this is like Android's restart on the Internet of Things, or Google's restart on the Internet of Things. Uh, hopefully, they'll leverage what they're learning from Nest and stuff, uh, seeing as they paid three billion dollars for them. Uh, and then Weave is the other component, which is like. I guess the protocol that they talk to each other with. So yeah, so Brillo is the actual devices. If you have an, a Brillo device, that is your connected internet thing device. Weave is the common language that 
Android devices will speak, that Brillo devices will speak. And it's, it's not it's not the internet troll. It's not the internet troll. It's, it's 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 what you do with a basket. Exactly. And like I think <laughs> I'm just pausing for that one. And I, I I think it wasn't really clear, but like anyone can use Weave or anyone can like tap into Weave if like the code well, is there. They described it as an open system. Yes. Like they always talk about Android as being open. So I guess it's if you want to build it into your product, you can do that and you can develop for it and stuff like that. And uh, I, the the advantage for like Android users is that they'll automatically detect when one of these Project Brillo and Weave things is on a network. So you won't have to set them up as much or, or do as much work to use the, the things, which is kind of a, a sticking point right now for a lot of people. Um, so maybe it'll make that more seamless. But right. it's it's Google Do over number one. That's true. Uh, but like the bigger picture, game, like we're talking seven or eight different competing platforms yeah. for a category that I don't know a lot of people that are actually dying to have. Right. Like if you're building a new house now, maybe you want to like you know make it really smart and high tech and and make put like HAL nine thousand in it and make it like the Jetsons home. But if you already live in your home or you live in like an apartment or whatever, a lot of the stuff seems kind of. All all, all Internet great. of Things stuff is, like, car stuff to me. It's, like, it's just not it's never going <laughs> to. I can't even think about, like, crazy questions to ask about it because I'm like, hmm. eh, thermostats. I can think that would be useful. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've, I, I'm excited by the idea of it, but I don't even know where to begin on fathoming things. Like, the idea of, oh, I'll walk into my house and the lights go on, that's kind of cool do i want to invest in figuring out what ecosystem to use and all that not you necessarily really don't yeah it seems like a lot of it's a lot of we are in we are money. in like the the birth of this era of companies trying to figure this out right. i think mm-hmm. there's apple's HomeKit, google i think samsung's doing stuff Samsung, intel's yeah. doing stuff there's a um, zigbee z wave yeah there, Nemo, there's all these protocols thing. Pro- this seems the most wild westy basically yeah everything. someone someone eventually is going to win or there's going to be you know competition but in like 30 years like you, you buy a phone or a computer and it's like a thing to use the internet i feel like any appliance you buy will be more have like more more reason to use the internet i don't know what that's going to look like yet but yeah, like what what is what is it going to look like in thirty years when your laundry is done, and like it, it's going to look know, like it's, folded it's, clothes. It's going to look like Back to the Future, basically. and it's going to smell like meadows. Not that that happened. In when Back you're to the flushing future, the toilet but... with your phone, that's going to be when we've lost. Like, <laughs> well, wow. see, you know, no, you're doing it from your wallet. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm already looking no, no, no. at the phone. Yeah, you don't even have to. No, it's, you don't of have course to, it's already on I you. I don't want to have to twist around. It's on. It's here. It's a little more hygienic. You just it's swipe down yeah. and you flush. Toilet flush. Yeah. No, it's going to be. It's all uh, on your uh, on the watch wrist detection. You get up from the toilet, it flushes for you. It's done. But also, they have that already with sensors. Yeah, right? uh, if you've read sensors this, uh, so... so the New Yorker had a really <laughs> long profile on Mark Andreessen, who's one of the top venture capital mm-hmm. uh, guys out in the valley, and. Uh, founder of Netscape and stuff. And uh, the author who wrote the article remarked on how high-tech his toilet was. Oh, and that it took this, yeah. him a while to figure out how was to it. Was it a Toto toilet? Uh, he did not name the brand. I would assume so. Best toilet. Best toilet in the world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This, this is my next toilet <laughs> from um, Emily yeah. Yoshida. Wait, do we have a top shelf on toilets yet? Top shelf toilet. We don't. It's, it's the upper deck edition. No. You know who supposedly has like the <laughs> nicest toilet in the world is, is Ryan Seacrest. Oh, no, actually, Ryan Seacrest. speak to go back really? to Ryan Seacrest. Everything I've, everything comes around to Ryan yeah. Seacrest. I, oh yeah. The reason I'm actually there's 
there's the obvious reason to be surprised, but like also, I didn't think he was in one place long enough to actually appreciate having a toilet. <laughs> no, you like didn't that. think he, he needed to use the toilet. He's always flying to different houses not... and private jets. Like, yeah, there's always a point where he's not working. Like, yeah. like, like, is there a point where he's not working where yeah. he could actually use a toilet? He like takes a pill that absorbs all the liquid, the excess liquid in his body, and like throws. He's it a fully efficient biological machine. Yes. <laughs> Biological's a maybe. <laughs> Uh, so, that was, so that was one of the thi- one of yeah. the do-overs. So what that was, was do-over number one. That's do-over, uh, one. do-over number two that we saw today become official and had been rumored for months is uh, Android Pay, which is Google's new mobile payment system, not to be confused with its old mobile payment system that was called Google Wallet. Uh, so Android Pay is essentially taking the place of Google Wallet in terms of the like tap-to-pay stuff that you do with your phone. It's actually built on that soft card uh, thing uh, that Google bought that was built by the carriers. Um, and so it's kind of just like a, a Google-fied version of that. It's going to be available on um, all phones. I think it's compatible with all phones that run KitKat or newer. And it will let you tap to pay with your phone. It supports um, uh, fingerprint authentication. So it sounds a lot like Apple Pay. Uh, it's essentially Google's more serious answer to Apple Pay. Uh, they say they're working with the banks this time where they didn't really do that with Google Wallet. And Google Wallet had a really hard time uh, getting traction because of that. So uh, uh, just a, it's another mobile payments thing being shoved down your throat. It is, but like there there are things that are interesting about this. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I, I noticed that I was like, really happy with is like, from the get-go, there's apps where, like, it's fully integrated. Mm-hmm. Like, Uber is fully integrated in that. I don't have to put my banking information into these, like, apps. It just works with the platform. Right. That's something that, like, if Apple Pay is doing it, I've yet to find an app to do that. Uh... There's uh, so like so for example like with the Starbucks app you can reload your card with Apple Pay right um, so that's kind of like a, an in-app integration it's a very if you do like a bullet point of the features of Android Pay versus Apple Pay you're gonna see a ton of overlap and and you should and like if yeah. one introduces one like I would hope the other one follows suit right right but it's I think it's I think it's good I think this will benefit both platforms because now every phone almost every phone out there is gonna have some kind of payment device right right and and maybe it'll catch. Uh, have more adoption uh apple likes to talk about how much adoption it's had of apple pay but the reality is i don't think that most people are using mobile payments at all because credit cards and cash are so convenient i would love to not have a bunch of credit cards or any credit cards in my wallet like i would just like have an id to get into a bar in my phone yeah i mean that'd be great and you could have like a wallet case like this which i use solely to hold train passes because uh but like uh but that relies on not only that your 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 phone system uses supports the cards that you use, but also that everywhere you go where you need to spend money will accept that as a form of payment. Uh, and and we for a long time cash was the only thing that was accepted everywhere you went. And now we're at a point where pretty much, with a few exceptions, you can use a credit card of some sort. Not New York City, yeah. with few exceptions, N- dude. New York City. <laughs> Is hype on cash. I am not kidding. I am not kidding. You like half half of places I go to, whether that's food places or bars, cash only. Like and and bodegas also cash only. Ten dollar credit card minimum. It's like well, they what? accept credit cards. Yeah, but they very much prefer I respect, cash. I respect cash only. I have to say. Yeah, same. It makes me t- it makes me like pay attention. 
I, f- I very much agree with that too. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh cool. Just take this piece of plastic and do something with it yeah. versus like having the tangible dollar bills in your hand. Or it's like, I mean the places that accept cards are like big chains. And yeah. Like McDonald's, you can go get like a packet of ketchup with a credit card yeah. at McDonald's. They don't give or a crap. Starbucks, but, like, yeah. but yeah. I, I totally feel but you. That's yeah. also sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean no, to no. just derail you, but no, like, living like, in a city is like is it's insane how many yeah. how many places yeah. are cash only. So I'm, so I'm so at hurt. what point are those places that won't even accept a credit card going to let you pay with your phone? I don't need. I don't know. So like that's, unless, that's, unless they want to the just like problem. transcend beyond credit card and just like. Apple Watch only. But, but the like, thing is, when you're using a, a, a mobile payment system, you're paying with a credit card. Right. It's exactly. just connected to a credit it's, card. It's, it's just it's another way. Yeah, it the doesn't make any difference The idea of like right. a piece of exactly. plastic versus like an NFC chip in your wrist or an NFC chip in your – it's it's weird. I, again, I think we're in this like weird, weedsy phase of like all these different payment systems, kind of like what we're doing with – well, smart homes are way be, behind on, on this curve. But yeah, like what does it mean to transact money? You know? All of my friends use Venmo, and and Neli and Dieter always crap on Venmo on this Vergecast, and they are not here. And I'm going to make a statement: Venmo is huge, and a lot I, of people. Can use I say it. I've never used Venmo, and I've I do not have a Venmo really? account? Um, I'm with Sam here. It will be fifty fifty because I use Venmo every day. Literally, I was I saw I saw Mad Max last night, and there's like a group of people in front of me. Like they bought snacks, and someone had Venmo open, ready to pay their friend. Like. Venmo is huge. It's so much easier Snake to split people. a check when it's like one card. Okay, we'll do the math later. And we'll do and Venmo. Venmo later. Snake yes. people love Venmo. <laughs> but, Fair. It, but to call back to that, like, there's a lot of cash flowing places, but there's also a lot of new companies like Square that are like, you know, you can be a mom and pop shop and just have an iPad. And yes. you can like use credit card then. Yes. But it's still expensive for them, Square. Like, yeah. like I think it makes sense for if you're a coffee place or something like that, but it's still at a cost. Also, Square, right. Square doesn't really make any money, right? No, like, I don't no. think so. <laughs> they what, so. Take, take But credit card companies do and mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. Right. And then I think there's a there's a fine line also between like a credit card, which is something that you are buying and is not your money and you're going to pay the company back that money that you just borrowed by swiping that piece of plastic versus like a debit card like i have a visa card that has a credit line but it's my actual cash that's in my bank account and so like when i spend that money it is withdrawing from my account so what is the difference between swiping in a machine in a machine or me giving you cash or me using venmo or me using the phone i don't think there's any real difference and and these these places are like oh cash only oh we we accept credit cards oh we have this square machine but like at the end of the day i am just giving you money this is a transaction you are giving me something i am giving you money in return and, well the, but the difference the is well the difference is if you're not using cash there's a middleman in between not, and the so, middleman takes his fee well the middleman being the bank the processing yeah. right the pro- processing right the visa like, or mastercard or whatever it like, is like so so right and like i could use venmo to do the processing for me which doesn't cost me anything. Venmo is free to use. They don't take any money from me by using Venmo. The the people taking money. How is, do they stay in business? I don't know. I really are don't they know. taking your information? Probably. Apps. I mean, probably definitely. <laughs> I, I hate to I hate to interrupt this. We should move on though. But <laughs> we'll move on. We'll we'll have a Venmo cast later. Uh, <laughs> I use Chase Quick Pay. <laughs> I'm old. No, I, I'm like I'm now like I just want to use cash out of spite for this conversation now. Oh, I like cash. Cash, cash reminds me what I'm doing. Like, what will it do to the economy when everybody's guys, paying for things with their wrists? Guys, someone just uh, Instagrammed a video of their remote control toilet. 
and DM'd me the link, and I am watching a guy who just there's no nudity in this Instagram, but okay, he is in front God. of his toilet and he pressed a button and the toilet flushed. It is. Did he? Did he do we'll it with, with his phone? Or? Does he no, carry around the no, toilet it, remote? With no, him? I think he's. I think he's at <laughs> home. Day. What happens when the remote's battery dies? Is it dies? dedicated toilet do, remote? No, it, it looks he, like a universal remote. Does that's he lose the remote in the couch cushions here, and I then will, he can't flush the toilet? I will drop this. I will drop this in our chat room here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Um, that's what amazing. I came here. I, I knew thank the... you. Thank you for sending me this. Okay, so. We will, in all the notes uh, for the Vergecast, we will include the uh, toilet flushing link. Um, okay. I'm going to pay for everything with personal check after this, I okay. have to say. That's my conclusion. Yes. With a fountain pen with a big signature on it. Yo, I, got a, I have a checkbook somewhere. I've lost yeah. it. It's somewhere in a box. Uh, okay, so Google I.O., going back on track, what what else was there? There was Android uh, Wear. Wait, can I say something? Can I say something, though? Yes. Like a, a big like blanket? Big picture. Co- yes. 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 The amount to w- the degree to which we are getting off topic and the diversity of things we are getting off topic about speaks to how many things Google has its fingers in, right? Oh, yes. Oh, like, yes. We're oh, talking about robots. We're talking about paying for things. We're talking about toilets. Like, <laughs> all because of one company. Like, that, I mean, just, I, I don't have a judgment oh, on no, that, no, but, but that's just, just like... Just an observation. Here's a scary good. thought. Like, it was a two and a half hour conference that quickly went through a bunch of categories yeah and i was just about to list all the things that google does that it didn't talk exactly (laughs) and i want to hear this list because i don't think they even went through half of their business today oh wow right so we didn't hear anything about google plus i remember Uh, google glass we didn't hear anything about google glass we we, we're going to hear from atap tomorrow they're they're on the calendar to talk there is there is another keynote tomorrow yeah right so there's another keynote tomorrow atap is going to talk about their what they do and their what they do is like the way future stuff so like okay uh but we didn't hear anything about that uh we didn't really hear anything about like uh chromecast and Mm -hmm. stuff like that there was some little very very brief mentions it's kind of like a thing like oh yes that's a thing we do type of thing uh but there wasn't really any huge new developments other than hbo now coming um which Which is, is a big deal it's a deal it's, it's a deal. Fair. It also could yeah. have been a press release or a tweet. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So uh, there's a whole bunch of things that Google didn't talk about, and they didn't talk about um, a lot of things that had been rumored this year. Uh, we still don't see Android Wear working on iOS. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't announce that. Is is that going to happen? We don't know. We didn't um, see a Tango yet, which is their crazy t- Lego ta- phone. Tango. Uh, well, well, actually, Lego Tango is the tablet that can like see night vision. Oh, and stuff. sorry. A-tab. You're thinking of. Okay. You, you okay. were thinking of uh, Project Ara. Oh god. Which is okay. which is like another Google thing. Shit. Okay. That has the modular phone pieces, which is very very cool. And oh very yeah. Featured. We didn't see any. Uh, Ara I'm today. feeling we're going to see a lot. Some of that stuff tomorrow. Okay, just just a hunch. Not to mention because ATAP is involved. Project tomorrow. Loon, the internet on also that. Um, but yeah, Google Google tweeted about Loon today. Really? They were just like one balloon is the can give internet to the amount of people the size of Rhode Island. It was just a, a tweet that well, I saw in my feed, but they made no mention. Of I mean, it. did it's, anyone it's tell Island. Google that Rhode Island's not very big? Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, well. Uh, Apologies, so, everyone listening. Yeah, so we, didn't, we didn't hear about we that. Have a we a very small state. We didn't hear about Android TV, really. Nope. Uh, even though you can buy the NVIDIA thing. That was kind of like news that was like tangential to the right. uh, the thing. The, so NVIDIA has a, an Android TV box that supports 4K. You can now buy it. Right. Um, but yeah, so, and oh, there's also Project Fi, their wireless carrier. Oh my God. Project they're, Fi, they're a carrier. which is like uh, huge they're news a month ago. Provider, they're an ISP also in some states. Yeah, to Emily's point, like Google is freaking everywhere. And the fact that they can go on stage for two and a half hours 
blasted a ton of announcements and still not cover but a fraction of their company yeah. is like insane. It is insane. So what do we think is coming up tomorrow? Do we have any uh, idea? Well, we know ATAP is uh, presenting tomorrow. Okay. Um, yesterday, the Spotlight Stories, uh, the little video thing that you can install on Android phones. Now, uh, yesterday they, they released it for more Android phones, and they released the video by Justin Lin, uh, who, uh, if uh, you should know this, he That's directed a bunch of Fast and, and Furious, Furious movies. Uh, That's just something you should know. Otherwise, Chris Ziegler will die inside <laughs> and maybe outside. Um they said that they were gonna, he was going to be part of that. I don't know exactly in what capacity, mm-hmm. uh, but in their little teaser, they did that. Uh, but like ATAP is the best way to think of ATAP is, uh, and actually ATAP isn't the only one because Google also has Google X, uh, so it has two really future looking things. These are these are tomorrow's ideas. Uh, okay, so today was grounded. Tomorrow is wild future. Let's hope so. Okay, I like I like that. Um, so that just about wraps up our Google I/O edition of the Vergecast. Next week we'll be back to. Uh, not as not a focused show. But uh, it'll just be, a, a, a more hating on Vemo. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be a more diverse topical show. But <laughs> before we get too far in, there is a podcast you should listen to this week that is not the Vergecast, and it's not What's Tech actually. Although you should listen to both. And it's not WTF with Mark Marin. Wow. Um, uh, so I don't know. Right. That was just the first podcast I thought of. Uh, it's not Chris. <laughs> it's not Chris Hart with the Vergecast. Not even going to try to do that one. <laughs> Um, no, I started a new podcast this week with uh, with Liz Lapato, the Verge's science editor. It's called Verge ESP, which stands for Entertainment and Science Podcast. Um, you can groan now, uh, but you should very clearly not yeah. say ESP podcast. That is redundant. It's not an e- yeah. It's not. An, it's like ATM machine. You can't say that. Uh, nice yeah. parallel. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, uh, we're starting out as a bi-weekly podcast. Uh, so every other week, um, our first episode just went up yesterday. Um, I interviewed, uh, the guys who created Halt and Catch Fire, the AMC show, and, uh, we're going to be kind of talking about science, art, the intersection of them and, and doing a lot of cool interviews with people in both fields. So, um, it's going to be fun and you should, you should subscribe. Uh, I think it's iTunes.com slash Verge ESP. It's no. not. <laughs> no, Our producer somebody's just yelled, yelling nope, nope, at me nope, in my ear. ears. <gasps> what? iTunes.com slash The Verge. Uh, or if you go to any podcast Is supplier it? of your choice, you can type in Verge. Listen, whatever you do, wherever you find it, just give it five stars. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Um, uh, it is like, it will be great. It is great now. Legitimately download it. Rate it if you like it. Five stars. We really appreciate it. Um, it's just an amazing start and we're looking forward to it. Not to mention what's tech with Chris plant. Of course, this show just rate everything we do five stars. And if you do, we'll keep doing more stuff. Uh, big thank you to everyone who joined us today. Listening. Thank you to Dan. Thank you to Emily and Sam. Of course, big thank you to our sponsors, which are of course, Dashlane, D A S H L A N E.com slash Vergecast. Get 30% off. Uh, your password manager, which God knows you need. Uh, thanks to our other sponsor, of course, NewsCred. If you need some business marketing and some creative people to help you get your business out there, that is N-E-W-S-C-R-E-D.com slash Verge. Again, thank you so much for supporting our sponsors, which supports us. Uh, Neil and Dieter should be back next week, uh, hopefully. And if they're not, well, you'll see the missing persons report. I'm just going <laughs> to interrupt and hype our or our Vergecast account. Our Snapchat account, it is The Real Verge. We Snapchatted from inside Google I.O. today. You should watch that if you're listening to this live. If you're listening to this before 
I don't know, noon on Friday, you should follow us on Snapchat, but you should just follow us on Snapchat anyway and add us on Periscope. We're uh, just Verge on Periscope. Um, we're, we're pushing hard on those two platforms. Um, I'm at Sam Sheffer on Twitter. Emily is at Emily Oshida. Dan is DC Seifert. Good luck spelling his last name. And Ross is at Ono Roscoe. I think our readers are smart to spell his last name. He can do it. We're, they're good. You guys are great people. You guys are beautiful, wonderful people. And of course, there's a lot of Google news. If you need to know all of it, if you need to know what it all means and get all that analysis and beautiful hot take and reporting please check out theverge.com thanks for listening bye, bye. Yeah. everyone seems to be a foodie in hollywood right now you said the f word my name is Greg Morabito. I'm Helen Rosner, and we're the hosts of the Eater Upsell. It's the new podcast from your friends at Eater.com. You can listen to it on your phone. While you're walking your dog. You could listen to it in a restaurant. You could totally listen to it in a restaurant. Which would be a kind of cool move, because that is a lot of what the show is all about. Tune in for a new episode of the Eater Upsell every other Monday morning. Boom.